shoeless and smelly. This son has come back and he's got to be wondering, what's going to happen? Is my dad even going to recognize me? Will he at least give me some food? Will he let me work for him? What would happen? What happens is that father gets up. That aged father gets up and he runs to his son. Gets as close to him as he possibly can. Gives him a big bear hug. Squeezes him tight. Celebrates him. This younger son never even saw it coming. But what wouldn't this gracious father do for his son? A new robe, a ring. A celebration, the fattened calf. What wasn't this father going to do for his son? This is all he had ever wanted. It was to have that child back in his arms. The following is a sermon from Peace Lutheran, a church located in downtown Aiken, South Carolina. For more information and for more content, go to peaceinaiken.com. After a hymn like that, you wonder, do I really need to preach a sermon? But, but here we are, we've got just a wonderful story from Jesus. The parable of the prodigal son. Story of stories, and it's, it's really my privilege to share it with you this morning. Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. The Gospel according to Luke chapter 15. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no, no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, 
he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. There he was, out in the field. As far as the eye could see, there was nothing but dried up farmland. And he could hear the the scavenging birds circling overhead. He couldn't get this idea out of his head that unless he got his dinner soon, he might be theirs. The sun was beating the sweat right out of him, just dripping into the dry dirt. And there in the dirt he saw it. His mouth began salivating. But no sooner than he had grabbed that little green pod between his fingertips, a slobbery mouth came and sucked it right up. He wilted. Couldn't even get up. Bent over in in the muck and the filth, there he was eye to eye with this filthy pig. It was quite the sight. He'd, He'd never been this close to one before. Back at home, hundreds of miles away, his father didn't own any pigs. But this this creature, this animal, is just as unclean, just as filthy and repulsive as he'd heard about. It must have been quite the sight for the pig, too. Probably had never seen a grown man fight him for his food. But things hadn't always been like that. Just a couple weeks ago, life had been better than ever. He had had moved out from home, moved to a new country, and was just loving it. Far far from home, he he was finally free, and he just felt so much more alive. No more father breathing down his back. No more rules, no more chores, no more that annoying older brother. He could do what he wanted, when he wanted He had his own place. He could bring the people he wanted over whenever he wanted. And so he didn't miss home for a second until he did. And then he really did. This is the the younger son in the story. But what does a younger son look like out in the wild, out in real life? They're not covered in pig muck. But that's just because they haven't gotten to that point yet. They haven't hit rock bottom. That's what, that's what addicts, that's what alcoholics call it, hitting rock bottom. When things couldn't get any worse, and finally they realize the seriousness of the problem that they're staring right in the face. 
Unfortunately, it usually takes an arrest or an overdose. But until that happens, until rock bottom, they often have no idea that the seriousness of their problem. And so for, for younger sons out in the world today, maybe it's a substance problem. Maybe it's, it's that thing that makes you feel free. It takes you away from the stress and the anxiety of life. But it doesn't have to be a, a substance problem. Maybe, maybe it's a marriage problem. It's a relationship that's secretly being tainted by the poison of pornography and lust. People think that they can do whatever they want, whenever they want sexually, as long as it's done in private. Or at least as long as nobody finds out about it and as long as nobody gets hurt. So it, it could be a substance problem. It could be a marriage problem. But it could also be a church problem. People literally trying to run away from God's house. Never, never, ever coming to church. Or maybe it's just trying to keep enough distance between God. Coming to church every once in a while just to see family and friends. Or coming to church just to, just to make the wife happy or the parents happy. But these are, these are serious problems. You, you ask the younger sons in this world how life is going, they might say it's, it's been better than ever. And that's the danger of the younger sons because unless something changes, rock bottom is going to hit. And it's going to hit hard. We can't forget about the other son in this story, though, the older son. Like the younger son, he was also out in a field, but I can just imagine how different this field was. As far as the eye can see, there's nothing but healthy crops poking up out of the dirt, perfectly straight rows, not a single seed had been misplaced. The sun is setting on another day of hard work, of, of watering, of weeding, of fertilizing, checking off every item on the to-do list. And so that, that older son started heading home. But as he got closer, he thought he heard music. And he couldn't get this idea out of his head that people were maybe dancing. His mouth began salivating as he smelled the roasted meat coming off of the grill. What was going on? He called the servant, what in the world is going on down there? He didn't like what he heard. Little brother had come back to town. Little brother who had broken his dad's heart, taken his money, and made a fool of himself with a bunch of prostitutes. Little brother who had never worked a day in his life and was now getting the royal treatment from his pushover of a dad. Who does this older son sound like? What are the older sons in the real world? Real world. What do they look like? Well, they probably look like they've got their life together. They don't have any problems. Everything is just perfectly straight. Running away from God's house wouldn't be an option for them because missing a Sunday is out of the picture. They are here week in and week out. 
10% goes in the offering plate. There's not a wrinkle on the church clothes. Volunteer for every program, every committee, everything imaginable. And what's more is, is these people might even and try and help other people become more like them. Because that's what it's all about, right? Everything in life needs to be perfectly straight. You might see a person like this and think, wow, that's really impressive. But then you ask one of those younger sons, somebody that's run away from church, and they say, you see why I left? Because to them, that's just the annoying older brother. It's the person who thinks that just because they have a a stable family, a, a reliable job, a reliable car, outgoing personality, and then time and money to spare on top of that. Because they have all of that, they think everyone else wants and needs the exact same thing. That's what makes a good person, and really that's what makes a good church member. There are two ways to be far from God, aren't there? You could be miles and miles away from him, or you could be staring him in the face. You could run away from his love, or you could try and work for it. Now, I'd be foolish to stand up here and and try to explain to you which son I am, the older son or the younger son. And I'd be foolish to stand up here and try to explain to you which son you are. Because we're not one or the other. We're both of them. Sometimes we're the older son and sometimes we're the younger son. And maybe you know you're being like the the younger son when the things that you really enjoy doing need to be done in secret, need to be done privately. Or maybe you know you're the younger son when you hear God's word and, and your mind just wanders away, you, have, you, you don't need anything to do with it. Maybe you're like the younger son. If you talk to your father, if you, if you talk to him in prayer, as often as you talk to your dentist. Whereas maybe you're like the older son when you talk to God all the time, you pray to him all the time, but the enthusiasm that you have is like when you call up the dentist to schedule an appointment. There's just nothing there. No sort of love, no sort of relationship. It's purely transactional. Or maybe you're like the older son when you're listening to a sermon like this and you have no idea it's about you. It just goes right over your head. It reminds me of of in grade school. I think there comes, comes a time When in that grade school classroom, body odor becomes a real issue that you're dealing with, right? And the teacher, it gets to a point where the teacher has to stand up there and say something. That, you know, students, deodorant is a good thing. And every time, I promise, there's going to be those stinky sixth graders that are looking around thinking, who's he talking about? We smell great. It It just goes right over their heads. There are two ways to be far from God, two ways to be totally lost, but there's only one way to be found, only one gracious Father who draws us near. What does a father do when his rebellious son runs away? 
He waits. He waits and he waits and he waits. Every night before going to bed, he looks out in the field, scans the horizon for that sun to return. That son who he'd watched grow up, who he'd never stopped loving. Until that one evening, he sees that figure on the horizon. Shoeless and smelly, this son has come back, and he's got to be wondering, what's going to happen? Is my dad even going to recognize me? Will he at least give me some food? Will he let me work for him? What would happen? What happens is that father gets up. That aged father gets up and he runs to his son. Gets as close to him as he possibly can. Gives him a big bear hug. Squeezes him tight. Celebrates him. This younger son never even saw it coming. But what wouldn't this gracious father do for his son? A new robe, a ring... A celebration, the fattened calf. What wasn't this father going to do for his son? This is all he had ever wanted. It was to have that child back in his arms. And so the celebration gets going. And as the the father is in the feast, he glances out back to the horizon, and he sees another figure. His other son standing out in the field. It would have been incredibly rude, incredibly impolite for this father who is hosting this feast to all of a sudden just walk out of the party. What does a father do? He knows that he has another son out there that is just as lost, just as loved as well. And so that father, what does he do? He gets up, he leaves the party, and he finds that lost son. He finds him in a, in a furious rage. That, that older son gives him a piece of his mind. He tells him what a good father should do. What a good father should do for rebellious children. And what a good father should do for obedient children. He says, look, look what I have always done. I have been here every day of my life. Never have I strayed from your commands. And then this, this son of yours comes home who has rebelled against you his whole life. And what do you do? You kill the fattened calf. It's disrespectful. He's trying to tell his father how to love his children. What, what does this dad do? Does he grab him by the shirt collar and shake some sense into him? Or does he just shrug his shoulders, walk away and say, hey, I tried. No, he, he looks tenderly at him, and he says, my son. Those are the words that he needed to hear, my son. He wasn't a servant. He didn't need to work for his father's love or his father's favor. What wasn't this father going to give him? What wasn't this gracious father going to do for him? Everything was already his. Everything. What wouldn't your gracious father do for you? Or maybe another question, what hasn't your gracious father already done for you? That's really why I stand up here and preach this sermon, is because I want 
you to know the love of the Lord. I want you to know about that gracious Father. The gracious Father I've, I've come to know and love by faith. That gracious Father who found me when I was lost and keeps finding me day in and day out and drawing me closer and closer to Him. That's what I want for each one of you. To know what sort of gracious Father you have. To love Him for the Father that He has been for you. The Father that He is for you right now. And the Father that He will always be for you. Because that's what it's all about. That's what Lent is all about. That's what life is all about. It's about the grace of God. The gracious Father who runs to us lost sinners, picks us up and squeezes us in His arms. It's about the gracious Father who celebrates whenever a sinner repents. No matter how long it takes. It's about a gracious Father who seeks His children. Every single one of them. There are two ways to be far from God. Sometimes we're like the older son. Sometimes we're like the younger son. But the solution isn't to be somewhere in the middle of those two sons. The solution is in the one son. God's only son. The, father, the son who never strayed from his father's commands. Even when it meant going to far off lands to seek the lost. Even when it meant getting into the muck and the filth of our sin to rip us out of it. Even when it meant being that sun on the horizon. To have his father see him hanging there on the cross. And to look away. That son did die. But now he's alive. And he did all of that to bring his brothers and sisters back home. Wait till you see what kind of a feast your gracious father throws. You're not going to want to miss it. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Father, so often we have strayed from you. We have strayed from your love. Welcome us and draw us near in your loving arms. Through your only Son, we pray.